make me feel so young. You make me feel like spring has sprung. Like the way he's speaking, his confidence is peaking. Don't like his baggy jeans, but I'ma like what's underneath them. Love is a Some Katie's and Gaga's right here, ready to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm RB, also known as C. Kerouac on Tumblr, and today's podcast is brought to you by Cold Medicine uh, <laughs> instead of my normal mimosa. So this will be fun. <laughs> Hi, I'm Pink. I'm Honeysuckle Pink on Tumblr, and this is brought to you by Coffee and Neutered Cats. Don't forget to get your cat spayed or neutered and help reduce the pet population, even though they will be pissed off at you for a week. <laughs> Poor little nubbins. And yes, we have our guest, our guest, frequent guest today. It will be nubbins, who no longer has his little nubbins. No. Nubbins, sans nubbins. Pheasant, yeah, so his, my fuzzy nut is missing his fuzzy nuts. <laughs> And on that note, um, let's introduce Quirky Quantum Queen. Yeah, hi, I'm Lisa. First time on the pod. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, and Quirky Quantum Queen on Tumblr. Yeah. Awesome. Welcome, and thanks for joining us. And I do have an important question um, that's not on the agenda. Are you guys, do you consider yourself a Katie or a Gaga? I'm a Mumford and Son. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're really a Cooper. I consider myself... I'm a Bruno Mars. <laughs> Lately, I'm a Bruno Mars with a touch of Cardi B. I can see that. I like that. What about you, Lisa? What do you think of yourself? Huh. I think that depends on... I, I think we'll discuss that later, right? What it means to be a KDR guy. Because <laughs> I have a lot of but thoughts about that. The slim I'm a writer. I'm like... I, I'm Rachel Berry when she has laryngitis, so. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into this. Uh, we're talking about, we're going to do um, the Lime and Slide first. And 
really, the first thing I want to say, though, is that we just came off a really huge, heavy episode, The Quarterback. And this next batch of episodes are just a bit crazy. And I think this one is, I just, there's so many funny lines and so many just crazy parts to this. And, and I know it was off-putting, but I think this episode's hilarious and just kind of what we needed after such a heavy episode. Mm-hmm. Did anyone go in and check to see who wrote Katie Uragaga? Oh, um, let me see. If there was another, if it was another Ian Brennan, one would be hilarious. Um, oh, I don't. Know. Directed by Ian Brennan. Yeah. Okay. Was it written by him too? Well, it's not written by Ian, but no, co-written by Russell Friend and Garrett Lerner. But by this point, we didn't know who the hell the damn writers were. No, those actually. <laughs> by season five, there was a couple group. of them in the later seasons, and I think they were on pretty good episodes. But yeah. I don't know all the writers. But Ian. Mm-hmm. But Ian did direct it. Which explains so. a lot. Explains yeah. the applause video. Um, <laughs> so. But yeah, let's start out. We're on the Lima side. And um, they announced their uh, their um, rivals at Nationals. And one of them is Explode- explosion. Throat Explosion. Throat Explosion. <laughs> and, Tina, and Tina's like, I was expecting like dramatic music, you know, dun dun dun, oh, and yeah, yeah, a little bit. Since when are there like only four or five show choirs at nationals? There's usually there only are... like two. Yeah, <laughs> well, in yeah, season like, two at nationals, there were usually more than that. Yeah, season two, they well, made two, they were twelve. Yeah, 12, so at least. Yeah. Well, they battled to the death, and so they've already conquered a number of them, and the only ones left standing are thrown explosion. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, I don't. Here's the thing, though. It's like remember when they went to LA? There's that whole the group that did vacation, and that was not one of the groups that Will named. I don't think he named all of them. He said amongst the oh, okay. groups we're facing right. are. And then when we got to throat explosion, it was like, oh, forget it. Never mind. We're all, we're, we're doomed. So. <laughs> so yeah, let's, throat explosion is our, our big rival because vocal adrenaline is no longer relevant. Um, and yeah, let's talk about Blaine and his reading of Outliers. <laughs> okay. Show of hands. Who thinks Blaine has a tumbler? Oh, me. <laughs> yeah, I sure. do. <laughs> He does. I mean, he's done all the blogs and all the show player blogs, and yeah. It's like, honestly, I think Blaine probably writes Jesse James fan fiction. <laughs> probably. I mean, I feel like that's the pretty solid uh, solid suggestion. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, there, is there a show choir fan fiction? <laughs> I don't know. Do you even I wonder. Okay, rule 34, everyone. Rule 34. Oh, that's uh, true. Yeah. And if you don't know what Rule 34 is, if you mention it, that means there's porn of it on the internet. Sure. <laughs> and if there wasn't, there is now. <laughs> oh. Um, and so that leads into a uh, big discussion about, you know, half of us are Gagas and half of us are Katie's. And um, yeah. Does anybody and Ryder to- wants oh, the third option. Ryder wants the third option. Because- Sorry. Which, I mean, God bless this boy who I keep forgetting exists. He's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's kind of funny. He makes no no impression on 
on me, I remember him just barely more than I remember the leprechaun. <laughs> oh. Lepre- oh, Rory. Rory. Rory! That's yeah. his name. I completely forget about Rory all the time. I, I, know because I still follow Damien McGinty on Twitter. Oh, how is he doing? I'm sure that he's a lovely person, is, like, in real doing- life. Mm-hmm. But his character on Glee made no impression on me, and oh. I keep forgetting that he existed. I think he was just like, he was one of those things like, oh, we can stereotype Irish people because that's safe. I don't know. Yeah. But um, but he does have new music coming out next week. Oh. And anyway. So, go. Yeah, oh, you gotta your, imagine like, that in the writer's room, it's like, God, man, if only we could be super racist, but we can't. <laughs> I know. Let's get an Irish guy and we'll do it that way. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, man. So anyway, um, let's talk about what it's like to be a Katie or a Gaga. And I, I guess Gagas are like crazy and outlandish and Katie's are wholesome and romantic. Yeah, wholesome while yeah. having candy glued to their tips. <laughs> yeah. That's why well, the first time I saw this episode, I was like, really? Because I'm like, I feel like a better musical comparison would be like, Either of these ladies versus Adele. That's yeah. a little bit more contrasting. Because I don't yeah. know if there's that much difference between Katie and Gaga. But. Yeah, for me, that's all. That's the thing that always bothered me about this episode. Because I'm always like, I don't get really the difference between a Katie or a Gaga. And yeah, it's like, if, if you look at the characters that they like sort into the two groups, they, they really try to tell us that Katy Perry is like this innocent right. girl type and that's just yeah Not with the perfect. whole candy yeah, grass never... and also I remember when she first when she first started like when she when she released um I kissed a girl I, that was a scandal so it's, it's oh, yeah. not really this this wholesome image it's not really something that I would say is Katy Perry yeah I never well, really understood the you know here's the most wholesome people we could think of. Katy Perry. It's like, really? I mean, even if we wanted to do Adele, she swears at people from stage, which I love. (laughs) Um, So, I I mean, I kind of think it would be like, are you... And Gaga is just artistic, but, Mm -hmm. like, she doesn't glue candy to her tits. No, she's more short. No, she does meat. Gaga slash everybody in the aughts and teens to, like, Amy Grant. Yeah, I was just thinking about Amy Grant. Maybe oh. that. Oh wow! Like we can go back to Baby Baby and uh, which was actually sung about her newborn baby. So yes. even though people use it as a love song, people use a lot of things as love songs that are not technically love songs. Yeah, except for Glee, who does it the opposite way. <laughs> yeah, bad kitty. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Nevin decided he wanted to get on my desk and knock everything off of it. Oh, it's okay. No. You know, about every 10 minutes, we'll just have to take a bad kitty break. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it's like, and kitty was actually really good in this episode. So. <laughs> oh, I forgot. There is a character named Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like, oh, this, this season is not my specialty, so... <laughs> Okay, so well, I, I watched I watched this episode for the first time for this for this podcast. Okay. Did you have fun? Did you enjoy it even a little bit? Yes. <laughs> it was very fun, and my love for um, 
love for Elliot only grows. Yeah. I mean, I've seen I've seen the clips of of him, and I, I find that he's a delight. But I had not watched the um the Lima, Lima stuff Lima. before okay. this because because I I gave I, I hadn't watched the Lima stuff since like season four. Oh wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I'm saving. Right. Well, I have. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that I had in my notes, um, a few notes, uh, sure. but I had edited notes that you'd sent us. Um, as far as the Katie's, um, I have four main um, descriptors. First off, mainstream, mm-hmm. so um, which we touch on with Kurt later on. Um, so she's in her very mainstream, bubblegum, poppy mm-hmm. pop. And um, I also put problematic ally. Oh, oh. interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the Gagas, I had listed Gaga as avant-garde, Warhol-esque, um, that there were a lot of comparisons to Madonna when she came out, and mm-hmm. frankly, there still are. Um, and in fact, later on, when Rachel's talking about that kind of stuff, she's talking about Madonna. Um, and we'll get to that later. Um, and then I had written down, Kurt would have been a Gaga, and then watching the episode, she... Tina flat out says, we lost our Gaga when Kurt graduated. And did anyone else catch the little Blaine going, hmm. I didn't. I want to go back and watch that. Oh. Yeah, go back. He's saying that Pian is like, we lost our like, we lost our Gaga when Kurt graduated. And Blaine's little head just kind of bows down like, oh. his little pout. Oh, yeah. And carried in an egg. <laughs> As I recall, I think Mercedes wanted in Night of Neglect, I think yeah. she wanted to be carried. She didn't want to be carried in an egg, but um, yeah, but um, Lauren had told her, just like, Lady Gaga was carried in an egg. You should do that. Mercedes so. should have been carried in an egg. <laughs> like, she she deserves to have that sort of grand entrance. Oh, oh yeah. So, yeah. but I think what we're going to see, is, as we go further into this and talk about kind of the performances, I think we'll get into more how... Katie and Gaga have a lot more alike than yeah. we're seeing in the episode. Yeah, absolutely. And I yeah. think, but for now, we're just going to stick with these kind of little archetypes. One last but thing. Can I, can I, can I yes. just one thing? Because I, um, I went back into and looked up um, what was going on at the time. And, and I found out that actually, so the episode was released in November 2013. Mm-hmm. And in August 2013, um, that was when Roar and Applause were released at the same day. So I guess it so it I guess it was sort of a narrative at the time that those yeah. two were sort of pitted against each other. Mm-hmm. And I think if you compare Roar and Applause just as songs, I think that there's a bit more nuance there, right? Because I think, I think oh, yeah. Applause is sort of not a typical Gaga song. I think it's a bit more on the extreme end of it- Gaga music and then it was and then so. to to understand that of course you would have to understand kind of where their music was got art pop was like Gaga's first big album that was coming out after um you know fame monster mm-hmm. well no not fame monster born this way sorry so it was just like you know you have your, your freshman album your sophomore album and then it's like okay what are we gonna do next and in the end, both of those albums actually underperformed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was like a whole other artist that came out about the same time. That it might have been one of Adele's. <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> so. All right. So um, 
getting into like the Katie's pretending to be Gaga's because the whole point of this is that they have to be outside. So it's like a bunch of Katie's trying to be Gaga's. And right. one of the, the like one of the big storylines was Sam and Penny. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing is that Penny is dating her ex well, I mean, like going to a concert with her ex boyfriend and he likes Skrillex, which is <laughs> completely like heavy metal, like crazy. Um and like in some Skrillex that metal though. I'm like I just it's more metal than dance, Lady Gaga. It's more like kind of his EDM. Yeah. Um, and so Sam thinks that he's, you know, that she's super into that, even though everything points to her not being into that. And, um, but yeah, so Sam wants to try and impress her. So that is when he goes down this crazy Lady Gaga path towards applause and impressing Penny. I honestly totally forgot about the nurse character. I was like, when she... Yeah, because I was like, oh, she, she, there was this Penny person. I, I've totally, I forgot about her. She's adorable. Like, I, I found her very amusing. Also, it took me half the episode to figure out where I knew her from. Where did you know her? <laughs> but she was, she was in an episode of 30 Rock. Um, she was the pregnant teen that they wanted to take the baby from, and her boyfriend had a terrible band, and she kept on singing terrible songs. Never mind. It was really mm-hmm. funny. It amused me halfway through. I wasn't she. Or we're talking about the actress that plays Penny. Wasn't she also yeah. in Spring Awakening? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I have no idea. Right. Let's we'll look that up. Because there's this whole thing about any Spring Awakening actors and actors. I'm sure they have a bunch of them because I know. Yeah, like Rachel and or Leah and Jenna and Jonathan Groff. But yeah, I think my favorite part of the whole Penny thing is. Um, that scene where Blaine is trying to help him out and he goes and Sam goes in this whole thing about Jackson VP because he's a Jackson VP, which is a Nickelodeon show, um, which I didn't know because, you know, I'm old and, um, don't have kids. And, um, but anyway, apparently it's a sweet, wholesome show on Nickelodeon that was canceled. And, uh, Sam is very irate about that. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, that was cute. <laughs> I liked his obsession with that show. I just like that um, Sam's like, I really like sweet and kind things. And, you know, Blaine's next to him. And we all know Blaine is a sweet little muffin. So, um, so yeah, he's all into doing this applause, like, as big as he can. I guess the other thing I really like is the um, discussion they have when they're trying to come up with ideas for applause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Marley's like, no. what about sparklers inside? <laughs> Which, by the way, they did that. Season two, Rachel singing Firework. Oh, and she's that? walking through all of these sparklers inside in the hallway. I didn't realize they were sparklers inside. Well, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and considering that Marley was kind of... She wasn't really... It's like, in the end, Big Crumb blamed many Rachel. But there was also, you know, at the very beginning of season four... You know, the publicity was kind of looking at Marley mm-hmm. as the new Rachel. Yeah. Really more Melissa Benoist as the new Leah Michelle kind of thing. So. Um, I also like just in that moment because she gets so excited about it. Everybody, and Sam's like, no. And then Blaine kind of pets her. Like, it's okay. Sam. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also liked how, how Artie in that scene was like, I think it was Artie. Like, but some kids might be epileptic. Like he's all concerned about, about the yeah. others. 
Well, that's when um, Sam says, let's drop kick the fourth wall, which is, you know, the whole, you know, Glee is now into full. We've um, already done. Let's just kick down the fourth wall whenever we can. So. I did that a lot in this episode, too, yeah. All right, so let's talk about the actual, well, then there, oh, yeah, I forgot about the, I keep putting in so many parts of this storyline. Um, they first do, Sam does a little video, he recruits Becky and gets all the little monsters uh, um, to do this video, which is a um, advertisement for applause, and I love that everybody just stops in the middle of their school day to, like, open their computers and watch this thing <laughs> but um yeah. But yeah let's talk about applause what do you guys think about applause <sighs> i it's not my it's not it's not my favorite scene it's also not my favorite gaga song it's one of the few glee songs i have not downloaded yeah and it's not really a favorite of mine either i just the spectacle of it though is kind of entertaining <laughs> To, to me, it was like they were trying to be, like, weird and sexual. and right. But I thought that was kind of the point of it. Yeah. Like, all these uncomfortable people trying to do this in an uncomfortable way. And I thought it was funny. Yeah. Whereas, I liked it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was definitely funny. But after seeing what the Katies did, which we'll get to, you know, later on, if they had done something, like, speechless in front of the piano See, or something I didn't, like that. I didn't like the Katie one. I thought it was boring. <laughs> yeah, that's, I kind of thought the, no. yeah, the point was to do the spectacle. I mean, it's kind of like, they definitely could have done something better and more interesting, but I think the point kind of was to, like, go crazy with it. Um, mm-hmm. and I think yeah, maybe I think just it needs the spectacle. Yeah, applause was the big hit at the moment that they wanted to grab onto that. Even, yeah, yeah. I think pretty much, I, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the song either. Um, it's not my favorite Lady Gaga. But yeah, the costuming is really, um, yeah, Blaine's costume in this. <laughs> I kind of feel like this so weird up- sexual pony, and it was very uncomfortable, but <laughs> hilarious. I'm glad you thought about the pony too, because I was immediately, and that's sort of meta, I was thinking about. You know, and I think it's in in a very Potter sequel when the when like the what's the the centaur character thing called? You know, I don't know. Oh, I don't know, but it's like I thought it just it's a really similar costume. Yeah, Yeah. I I I had to think about that. I think it's actually also a Lady Gaga costume. Like I think everything I'm there because why wouldn't she have one where she looked like a one like a horse? She probably had, yeah. I think all of those were Gaga costumes. But I, think. I kind of miss the homemade Gaga costumes from the first Gaga episode they did. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This was like my favorite is still Rachel with the Beanie Babies taped to her because that looks like something that a sixteen-year-old would come up with. Like it, it just it rings so true to me, and I find it hilarious. And so. I kind of miss the homemade ridiculous costumes <laughs> yeah. as opposed to very obviously having already set up to some sort of inflation machine. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I don't feel like the, I felt like the whole episode is just the costume department like running wild and just having fun with the costume. Well, and I wonder if that's one of the things I liked best about the episodes was the fact that it was just a 
mess of ridiculous costumes. Yeah, they have like this, and they have this scene later in the choir room where where the Katies wear their costumes, and that's just it. It wouldn't even have to be there because it's not like a performance or anything. It's just they run around in their costumes. Well, isn't that also the point where Will's like, I don't know why you're getting mad. Flea Club is always run around in weird costumes (laughs) for like four years. I'm like, yes, yes, they have. I think this, uh, this, I remember interviews around this time though, and I'm pretty sure Darren hated that costume. (laughs) It's so unflattering. We did get our first hints of Hedwig though. Yeah. Oh. Because he gave a little East German accent. Because I watched those because I watched those interviews after, and I'm just like, this is where he was getting his Hedwig accent for later. Oh, well, that's still a couple mm. years out, but yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and we got our first look at him in what he looks like in a blonde, blondish wig, <laughs> which is surprisingly good. I think he looks good in a blonde wig. That's good because that costume was really bad. <laughs> But they were all really bad. And then, of course, there's Marley in her Katie, you know, costume, dancing around, being disrupted intentionally. Um, I don't understand why she was so surprised that she got in trouble. Like, she basically, if the entire point is to go out in, you know, X costume, if you don't like it, don't go out. I mean, that's like her showing up. It's like, okay, um, everybody... We're doing this play. This is your costume. I don't like it, so I'm going to wear a pink dress, even though everything is in black. And I don't understand why you guys are being mad at me because this is just who I am. No, this is a yeah. group performance. Get your act together. You sound like you sound like a whiny child. Well, it's not a fan. Yeah. Well, and I understand yeah. I, that point. Like I understand the like Sam and Blaine getting upset at her. I do think it's a little over the line of Will to be like you're expelled. I mean, is this the first time he's done something ridiculous? No. But (laughs) I I mean, I also didn't think he was that out of line to be like, if you're not if you're not going to participate, then don't be here. Yeah, I agree. I think so. People got ticked off about that because they thought that Will was mad that she wouldn't wear the seashell bikini. And they took this whole kind of I think they took it a little too far saying it's just like, you know, how dare a teacher force a girl to wear something that she's uncomfortable with. And I'm like, I don't think that's what he was saying. I don't think he, he may not have even heard the seashell bikini part. He just heard you didn't dress like a Gaga. Right. Yeah. And he and, and, just and, ruined the performance for the other ones. And, and it wasn't even yeah. that she didn't do it. She purposefully dressed in something different and came out. If she hadn't have gone out. It's like, you know, I wasn't comfortable with it. That's fine. You don't have to participate this week, whatever. But Mm -hmm. she purposefully came out and basically ruined what they were doing and then didn't understand why people were angry that she ruined what they were doing. Mm -hmm. It was incredibly selfish. And I I, I thought that she, it wasn't out of line to tell her not to come back for a week. All right. I agree. To be fair, Sam wasn't exactly doing the Gaga assignment for entirely assignment purposes. Of course not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with Sam and Marley, here's the thing. I think both Sam and Marley went into this assignment wanting, you know, trying to deal with relationship stuff at the same time. Mm-hmm. Which is not what you're supposed to do. It's like Sam was like, I need to be a crazy-ass Gaga. So he can bang the school nurse. <laughs> 
so I can bang Penny. <laughs> and I have, and she's just like, well, Marley is, you know, people are telling me I have to be a Gaga so that Jake won't bang other people. And no, I'm going to be a Katie and if he don't like that. And I'm just like, yeah, but not during the freaking performance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, to wrap up the Sam Penny stuff, part of it, my only concern, you know, is the fact that, I mean, I'm guessing Sam at this point is 18, but they finally, you know, decide that they like each other and then they kiss passionately in the middle of the school. Look, yeah. It, yeah. In, a, in a real life situation, this is super wrong. Like, a teacher or school official should never do that to a student, regardless of whether they are of age or not. It's it's wrong. It's creepy. Don't do that. On TV, however, I'm a bit looser with things that are good moral choices. And I thought it was funny. It was. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm just saying it wasn't. I'm just saying it wasn't. Especially when it's and considering the night. shit that happens in the school, I kind of figured that people would be like, oh, this is just Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this weird glee club kid is making out with the school nurse who <laughs> only existed like now. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, in, in the list of things that happened at William McKinley, this is way down on the bottom of the weird scale. Yeah. But I'm sure by the time they were just like, you know, the Glee Club bad boy was screaming the substitute teacher, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was. Oh, well, yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> Big what? Hey, what? Wait, what am I, why am I not, what, who, hey? Puck and Shelby. Oh, that's right. Oh, my goodness. I totally talked that out of my mind. Because <laughs> I think because I was just wow, the season. Even- even I knew what was going on, which is so strange. No, it's because I just watched Night of the Neglect and I was thinking about Holly and I'm like, what? Like, please, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is why, it, okay, I get it. Anyway, um, so. No, no, let me have my victory. I was aware <laughs> of something that you weren't. <laughs> this does not happen in this back half of the series. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, RV, would you like a gold star? <laughs> I really would. Okay, you get a gold star. You know how you know how it's like. We could motivate kids with stickers and whatnot. I'm totally motivated by stickers. Okay, I'll mail you a gold sticker. Thanks. You're welcome. Yay. <laughs> um, also, uh, can we point out that it turns out Penny never liked all that Skrillex Nine Inch Nail stuff anyway. That's right. She did. She was always a Katie pretending to be a Gaga, but was really a Katie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The amount of times they go back and forth, being like, "Well, are you really a Katie when you're Gaga," and that you're just back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Who's the Each Lord? time they would do that, I just wanted to go, "Just hush. Just <laughs> it's okay. Just say you like fluffy things. You like you like Lisa Frank and oh, Lisa Frank. Yeah, that would have been a better, you know, if descriptor. Lisa Frank was a performer. <laughs> if Lisa Frank was a singer, she would be Katy Perry. <laughs> I kind of feel like Lisa Frank would be a little, um, little trippier than than yeah. Katy Perry because you got the colors, but like there were some like here's here's a psychedelic cat <laughs> on your trap <laughs> keeper. How was that with Katy Perry? Uh. <laughs> so. 
Um, that's kind of all of the Sam Penny and really all the blame that's in the, the story. Um, and then unless you guys want to head anything else you wanted to say about that, I'm going to. I had um, other blame in here, darn it. Uh, hold on. I'm looking through notes, 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 notes. Um, oh, okay. Um, besides Blaine has a tumbler. Oh, did anyone want to bring up the, did, has anyone read Malcolm Gladwell? I know who he is. I mean, I had, um. I, I, I'm aware of the material that he puts out. He usually talks about economics and wraps it up in with psychology. Did anyone at the very least do the whole 10,000 hour mathematics? No, let me get my, oh, I'm going to do that right now. Um, the thing about that, I heard though, that that's been questioned. That that's not necessarily true. Oh yeah. That's, that's been debunked. That would be 416 but days, which would be like a year in some street. Year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, Blaine probably saw it on a Tumblr post and reblogged it without <laughs> thinking critically about it. <laughs> as is uh, want to happen on Tumblr. So let's talk about the things that Blaine has done for 10,000 hours straight. <laughs> or in general. Uh -huh. if, we're, if we're talking about things Blaine has done for 10,000 hours straight, then this is going to turn into a not safe for work podcast. Uh huh. <laughs> What has he done for 10,000 hours straight, Pam? <laughs> I didn't mean whatever. We're going to move on before I get myself into a bigger hole. Um, Look, you, you set that up. I want to know where your, uh, no. where your brain is at. I, let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> you can fill in, audience, what you think would need to go there. Um, Hashtag they bang. <laughs> bang. <laughs> Bangity bang, 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 and her not wanting to, you know, have sex yet, which makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's, a, it, I actually like Marley's not wanting to have sex plot line that kind of goes from season four to season five. However, it does get into cheating for the 1800th millionth mm -hmm. time. Um, <laughs> and we're all fired of the story. <laughs> yeah. Can I point yeah. something out? Just a couple of things, because sure. honestly, I think we just skip over the Jake and Marley stuff. Yeah, that's fine. Except for one thing. One of the things that Marley wants to do, and when Marley comes up to him and has all these ideas for date night, mm -hmm. all I can think of is these are all things that Kurt would want to do. Oh. I mean, Kurt would totally want to do a Julie Andrews triple feature sing-along really would. Thing. Why weren't Kurt and Marley friends? That would have been fun. I would have loved that. Hmm. Which tells me that Kurt was a lot more Katie than he, we gave him credit for. Yeah. Well, it also goes with... Or it's just because Mary Poppins transcends genres and it's a fucking awesome movie. <laughs> That's I'll also that true. <laughs> Julie Andrews is queen. Julie Andrews can do no wrong. Um, I love her. And you know who did Julie Andrews in a recent uh, RuPaul's Drag Race episode? Ben De La Creme, who I insist is a Katie. All so. right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, RuPaul, RuPaul's Drag Race fans that are listening to this podcast will hear that and go yep 
I, I know who that is. I just don't know them like well enough to like pigeonhole that they're like they're this person or this person. Yeah, but then again, I can only name like five drag queens, so whatever. Then I just want to really quickly touch upon just because it, it kind of the Sue in this episode, and she has Brie doing like bad things for her, like as a henchman, and really it really is the best thing she can do is break up Jake and Marley. I don't know how that's crippling mm-hmm. the Glee Club, but also Brie at one point is wearing um police tape and yeah. orange police tape, and yet Sue at the end of the episode is gonna get really pissy about what everybody else is wearing, and mm-hmm. it just drives you crazy. Yeah. But I love that scene actually because it's because they are like that's the fourth wall breaking stuff right yeah. where they where they are like why are you wearing a Lady Gaga costume? Yeah. <laughs> why are you wearing a cage on your face? Yeah. <laughs> and of course Sue has a perfectly logical in Sue's world explanation for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of on the flip side though, it's all of the Gagas pretending to be Katie's and. There's only really two scenes of Tina, Unique, and Katie arguing, but I and then Jake is kind of hanging out in the background. But I think mm-hmm. they are delightful because of the dialogue and it is so bizarre. And it has my favorite line, which I wrote down. So the second time they're all arguing because they just saw a pause and they're all <laughs> freaking out. And Katie's like, you know what? I think it's pretty obvious what the problem is because we're a bunch of Gagas trying to out Katie to Katie's who just had a Gaga song featuring Marley as Katie. Besides, we did have a plan, but King Latifah dropped the ball. And then Unique says, uh-uh, let me autocorrect that for you. I tried breaking into the zoo to give us life tigers. Plot twist, Simon doesn't have a zoo. Why do we think it did? <laughs> Cut to gift set of all of the times that Rod, what's his face? I almost said Rod Rosenstein. I'm like, no, that's a deputy. <laughs> <laughs> Rod Remington. Rod Remington. Rod Remington is co-anchor talking about all of these Lima Zoo things. And <laughs> actually, he never said Lima Zoo. He just said the zoo. The zoo. So maybe it wasn't the Lima Zoo that doesn't exist. <laughs> I, I would not be surprised that these kids did not know geography. <laughs> they don't seem to learn any other school subject. I kind of figured that once they get into the real world, math is going to be really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, they learned what the zoo. They just assume everything is in Lima because they don't understand the concept of other cities. <laughs> Considering they have a bullet train to New York <laughs> and Westerville is right next door. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, and I, I it, of course, it's, it's a nice, it's nicely capped off with Jake dressed as a thundercat. He's like, he thinks he looks like a gay thundercat. And I know. I, I, I feel like I wish I knew for a fact, but I feel like when he does that little kind of licking his paw and grooming thing, I want to say Jacob Artist just flat out improv that. <laughs> I don't know. It's either that or Ian Brennan told Jacob Artist, here's what you should do. You should <laughs> lick the side of your hand like it's a paw. <laughs> so I kind of feel like I missed something. I don't know whether it's, you know, my old showing or whatnot, but why is he dressed like a Thundercat? They, they wanted to get life like living lions and, and then because they don't have a suit they didn't get that and so um unique got him a costume a okay yeah those two crazy lines are just that kind of explained <laughs> but yeah it looks good as a gay thunder cat i'm just saying <laughs> it looks kind of like a gay thunder cat stefan from Night live <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway. 
So, yeah, they end up deciding to tone it down, and so they go kind of all Rachel Berry and sing a low-key performance of Katy Perry. And then it goes back to... So boring. (laughs) Really? I'm I'm so surprised by that. I love that performance. I love that song. I honestly... I think it's such a good arrangement. And I like the harmonies and all that stuff. They don't do that too often. And and it's the kind of thing that a road explosion wouldn't do. Okay. Yeah, and we hear Jake sing, and we hear Tina sing, and and Kitty gets like a real solo parts that we usually don't get to hear. I I think I'm all for that performance. I think it's a good performance, as in they use the, their voices really well. I think it goes back to the one thing that I usually have problems with across the board. Normally, they're with Rachel Berry solos. Is that when you stick people on a stool or standing up in the choir or in the auditorium and just look at them, it's not visually entertaining. And for a visual medium such as television, um, I think that it detracts a little bit. Especially since the rest of the show is, or this particular episode is so cracky to kind of calm. I get it. It's like okay, let's t- it's nap time. Kind of calm down. We're gonna calm down after the sugar rush. Um, it, it still feels a little jarring and slows the, the episode completely down so the pacing feels off. So that's just my personal assessment. And it's not negative towards the actual performance, but how it's used within the, the context that it's in. Okay. Well, I disagree. That's and fine. <laughs> I feel like that it was, I think that it was kind of a perfect way to tone it down to go completely opposite of what you would expect with a bunch of gagas who mm. were trying to be got because they couldn't let go of their gagas. They couldn't let go of the spectacle. Mm. Um, but tapping into their inner Katie's, um, especially with this song. And I find it funny that right after it was either right before, right after that Jake looks at Marley's like, you look, you look more depressed than Katie after her divorce. Wide awake is about her divorce from Russell Brand. Oh, wow. And it's about her kind of waking up and, like, realizing that this relationship wasn't working for her. And so it was a very personal song for Katy Perry. And so I feel like they we were able to tap into, by tapping into their softer gaga, like the gaga that would just sit at a piano and just bang the hell out of it and sing speechless raw. Mm. Uh, The later gaga, the Joanne gaga that would sing A Million Reasons. Um. And that's what they tapped into. And I think that's where they succeed because they were able to see, you know, this is how Katie and Gaga are alike. I kind of wonder if a lot of this episode is really a discussion on how these two artists really aren't that difference, too. I don't know. I think so. I think think a lot of it is like there's different artistry and i think we'll get into more of this when we talk about the new york side which i think we're just about there yeah we're uh, only a couple more points for the, the live side yeah. so um uh before we t- i went there's the ending before that really clearly because i really didn't have anywhere to put this um there's this one part where they kind of you know take a nudge at cart at cardi kitty and artie to mm-hmm. nod that they're still in a relationship and artie's like i think will's trying to um Tara's apart and Kitty's like, I think he just makes this stuff up on the fly. And, yeah. <laughs> but also, this is when Becky's like, you know, have fun with my sloppy seconds. And Artie's like, I did not have sex with Becky. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still I still like Kitty and Artie together. I think they're fun. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Also, when it comes to, even though we'll definitely just came up with the lesson plan on the spot, but uh, but when it comes to lessons that we had, we had were mm-hmm. assigned weekly assignments. So, so in general, I think the idea of just doing something that you would normally that you normally wouldn't do is not a bad weekly assignment. Yeah, I think when, I think it may have been between Jake and Ryder when he said something about ambi edge, and we we're like, is that even a real word? And and I mean, it's like this is one. This is the thing I love about the new kids. We're all like, I'm pretty sure that we'll just make shit up on the fly. <laughs> but then Ryder's like, oh no, he's a genius. <laughs> oh God, that's right. Which yeah. another reason to sort of yeah roll my eyes at Ryder. He's, Can you that kid high? Another thing to consider, though, is Ryder was still kind of a fill-in. He was kind of a Finn-type character, and and Finn really admired Will as well. Yeah, yeah, Um, and he also, yeah, he probably gets the like the dumb parts, like yeah, being and also the the being very violent towards furniture. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, so yeah, then we kind of get just the ending where I, you know, I give Will credit for this when they're like, "Okay, so what was the point of this assignment?" And he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> but um, so yeah, there's really no lesson in this whole thing um, except for what you can as- extrapolate yourself. But um, yeah, that's the lima side. Unless you guys, and then of course, you know, Sue. We already talked about Sue. Uh, Decides to expel them all for wearing inappropriate clothing. Um, suspend, not expel. Oh, suspend, yep. So. Expel is way, expel is like you're out of school and you never come back. That's right. Suspend. Um, and I kind of want to wait and talk about horror at the end because that's everybody. But, um, oh, one last point, though, kind of to the, the Katie, perform- Katie Perry's Perry performance, is that one thing that I really like about season five is that they really start to lean on everybody's voices and group songs instead of um, relying yeah. on stock or on backup vocalists or whatnot. And it's really cool to finally listen to all of these different voices mesh on various group songs. And, um, yeah, they just do that a lot season five. And I yeah, definitely. That's the one good thing about getting rid of sort of Rachel and yeah, gives them more room to for others to get their solos, I guess. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about New York, um, which is I really like this plot line over here. So oh, yeah. because Adam Lambert is a natural treasure. <laughs> <laughs> So can you latch on to the Adam Lambert, even if you, he's not Matt Boomer, I get that, but. Yeah, but he's, he's a solid second in my list of guest stars that I enjoy. Like he's, he's not Matt Boomer. We, I understand this. I accept this, but he is, <laughs> he is a fucking delight. Oh yeah. Okay. So can we, it's like, I know that we should, we should technically really start with a spotlight. I have a lot of things to say about Adam Lambert. Um, should we do it now or should we wait until we get to the band audition scene? Uh, we can we just go into good. Adam Lambert because he's the fun part. No, no, no. We'll get there. We'll get there. We just want to do the one scene. Let me get through it. And then we can talk about Adam Lambert because there's a couple of things I want to mention in this pre-scene. Mostly. Uh, <laughs> fine. 
RB, I'm going to have to hold auditions to have a new RB because if you're going to just be a delinquent, I just don't know. <laughs> Am I getting fired? You're fired. No, I'm kidding. You're not. You're not. You're not. No. I'm getting, I'm getting recast. <laughs> you're getting recast next season. <laughs> it's a joke. It's an in-joke. This is a joke. Well, RB and I. Oh, sorry. What? I just realized something. RB, I, I, I just, something I, I just need to get out of the way. Do you believe in the Chick-fil-A conspiracy theory? What is the Chick-fil-A conspiracy theory? Okay, good. You don't know what it is. All right, we'll get into that. I, okay. I just want to make sure that we weren't going to have like a big old Adam Lambert versus Chris Allen fight in the middle of this podcast. I also don't know who Chris Allen is. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about his breakup with Adam that happened off screen because Oliver got a part on the Showtime show episodes. Um, so, um... All right, we start off the New York side. Kurt is starting his cover, Madonna cover band, which everybody, when he's heard rumors of that, we were like, no, Kurt's not starting a band. Oh, yeah, he totally is. Um, he has to come up with money because Vogue.com doesn't pay. Nice to mention that he's still at Vogue, even though we're never going to see it again. And also that he got kicked out of the Apples because the other fictional Adam uh, found out that he was engaged. And that makes sense. Like, I mean, come on, like. You're, the dude you were sort of dating comes back engaged to his ex. I would probably kick you out of my band too. Um, <laughs> and so uh, we get uh, Saint, uh, Danny, played by Demi Lovato, is totally in on it. Santana's iffy, but she's going to do what her girlfriend wants. And then we get Rachel, who's still kind of upset about the whole thing thing, and has to think about it. And then, okay, yeah. so there we go. We can get into the auditions. <laughs> we can talk okay. Adam Lambert. So I will let you guys have the floor. Thank you. Okay, so Adam Lambert. Um, background, Adam Lambert, uh, many of you may know, uh, was previously known for being on the show American Idol. In fact, uh, Adam's season of American Idol, that the finale, not the finale where they crown the winner, but the finale where the two finalists sing their, their songs, uh, was the night that the Glee pilot premiered. So a lot of people had just finished watching Adam Lambert and Chris Allen battle it out and then the very first episode of Glee. So there's a little bit of background. Chris Allen uh, is. Chris Allen is actually, was actually the season eight winner of American Idol. Uh, following season seven winner David Cook, which then, of course, started the era of what we called the white guys with guitars era of American Idol. I mean, what does it say to the fact that I have no idea who these people are? But it's like, Adam Lambert, I know who that is. Y'all winners are forgettable. Yeah, sadly. So so the thing was, in the end, it was Adam Lambert versus Chris Allen. There was a lot of stuff that kind of went into it before then. Uh, there was, like, Danny Goki, who was, like, kind of, they called him, you know, Screaming the Goki because he totally screwed up an Aerosmith song. There was Allison Irahita, who we all felt got robbed. But in the end, it came down to Adam Lambert, who was – from San Francisco, was very theatrical, had not come out of the closet yet, but it was one of those things like, why am I out of the closet? I'm never really in kind of things. Um, and Chris Allen, sweet, wholesome, married, young, Arkansas singer-songwriter boy. So the real Katie versus Gaga. So it was a real Katie. Oh my God, Chris's wife's name is Katie. Wow. <laughs> So I'm guessing it was intentional to bring Adam Lambert in this episode. <laughs> so, anyway. Or maybe no, this episode came around Adam, whatever. Anyway, sorry. 
So, so it was probably one of the closest votes that Idol has had. Um, but and but in the end, Chris was crowned the winner. Well, Adam's fans. Adam has fans, and then Adam has fans. So you know, never tone of my voice. So Adam has these fans that are Glamberts. And you can kind of compare them to curtsies, oh, uh, which boy. is, you know, there's, there's being a Kurt fan and then there's being a curtsy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so um, there were a lot of people that felt Adam got robbed, that it was unfair. And then there was one particular conspiracy theorist who literally published a book who went on every single message board spreading her conspiracy theory. This was a laid out thing. You can Google, like, you know, Google this, you know, Adam Lambert, Chris Allen conspiracy that, okay. And so let's see if I can remember all of this straight. It was basically um, Chick-fil-A, particularly one Chick-fil-A franchisee in Conway, Arkansas. Um, AT&T, who was, you know, obviously AT&T provided the phones for American Idol, they like they were like the big sponsor for American Idol. Mm-hmm. Um, when you voted on American Idol, you would you know call in, um, you know you had you had numbers that you called. This is before you could do it online, um, and so they would have these calling parties. So the local Chick Fil A would like you know show people how to do the speed voting and stuff like that, and so they decided that there was a conspiracy that we couldn't let the gay guy win. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so that Chris was going to be their best bet. Um, and so they were like, and, and what's awful is that, you know, the rumors had started to come out that, that Adam was gay. And I mean, this is still, I'm saying we're going, fucking eight, this is like 2009 and this is just only nine years ago. And it was still considered a big fucking deal. But, but, um, but then there was this one thing where it's like, you know, Adam, like Adam had like I don't know what it was it was this weird thing but like Chris had started wearing like Chris and Adam had actually got really tight like friends and Chris had started wearing like nail polish Adam's color on one of his thumbs mm-hmm. and then in turn Adam like of course took the nail polish off and said the off of his own thumb um, so you had that and then of course because of that you had the branch of Adam and Chris fans that shipped them oh my god. Oh. So, and so, yes, look for it. There is Kratom fan fiction out there. <laughs> you can find fan fiction for anything. Pretty much. So, um, anyway, so Adam Lambert, by the time he was on, by the time he came to Glee, it was a big deal. When they announced that Adam Lambert was going to be on Glee, um, by this time, MJ's big, which was like a big American Idol blog, was also blogging about Glee. And so you had this big crossover um, of fandoms and so there was a lot of excitement by this point Chris is pretty much an indie artist and American Idol had kind of established itself as oh everybody knows that the winners don't really do that well it's the runners up that end up having the big careers which really was in, in, in the case with Adam and Chris you know now don't get me wrong both of them have great careers very different careers but still um, but there was but no going into this Knowing about, you know, tin hatting and everything. I, mean, I was familiar with tin hatters long before the current tin hatters that we as Klein fans have to deal with and Darren and Chris fans. So, so yeah, so there so is your background. And of course, when Adam Lambert came out as Star Child, that was 
that was Adam Lambert that, you know, that was very theatrical, very American Idol. Um, it was not surprising. Well, and, and I think and this oh, ahead, is before sorry. he was with Queen, but but yeah. Damn you, Queen. <laughs> Getting into the scene, that's actually a nice segue, that you look at Santana and Kurt, and of course they're arguing about what they want to do with the band and how to name it, and she wanted, she's like, we're not naming the band the Apocalyptics. Apocalypse sticks. The apocalypse sticks. And um, it's very set up like an American Idol um, judging station. It is. Um, it is very much so. I mean, you even have, like, they both have their notepads and everything like that. And apparently nobody <laughs> showed up because it's obviously in the Niata building. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm sh- I, I assume this was supposed to be very much an American Idol-esque moment where Star Child comes in and then does Marry the Night and yeah. totally rocks that song. He completely does. He does all of the moves. He, you know, swings from a chandelier. <laughs> you know, he does pelvic thrusts, you know, that, you know, Kurt probably hasn't seen since the last time Blaine did them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Which I think one of the best performances on Glee. Like oh. I I love this performance of Mary the Night. Yeah. It is plus I love oh. that song anyway. So Oh yeah, yeah. and I love Andrew's performance. Not Andrew. So, I have like a, a thing in my screen about Andrew Cannon up here. I need to take that off. So oh. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's not bring that up here. Yeah. Um um, so I also really love Kurt's facial expression through all of this, but the thing that I think is really fascinating is that three or four years ago, Kurt would be the one doing all of this crazy outlandish stuff. And yeah. the fact that he's so mm-hmm. like, part of it is also hangover from the quarterback, but, um, honestly, I don't think that Kurt, I think Kurt likes it when he does it. I don't think he likes it when other people get attention for doing things like that. Yeah. It's like, Hey, that's, that's my thing. Yeah, exactly. And so he's he's really um those were looks of jealousy. Oh yeah. He's yeah. he's he's not one of those like, oh no, I would never do such a thing like that. It's like how dare somebody do something that's mine? That's obviously mine. Why right. why are people enjoy why are people enjoying you doing something like this and people always um Make talk fun down of you to me? Like mm. Yeah, yeah, no, that exactly. Um, yeah, and then if Lima was Katie versus Gaga, New York is Gaga versus Gaga. Yeah. Oh, and that's why Kurt's so dismissive. He's like, nope, you're, you're not doing this. You, because he knows or he feels like, and I guess that gets into the stuff of Rachel, like he yeah. feels like he's going to be upstaged in his own bands. And, of course, this plays out through Frenemies um, and later on in season five. But, um, yeah, so... You know, Kurt started this band thinking that he's going to be the star of it. And here's this guy who comes in and blows everybody away. And of course, you know, doing something that Kurt would do. And of course, he's very jealous and very like, nope, we're not doing that. We're not even going to think about it. Moving on. Whatever. But yeah, we get into um, the Hummelberry scene, which is my favorite Hummelberry scene because it flips every other Hummelberry scene. It's um, the worst thought, you know. Oh, Rachel, you know, I'll boost your, you know, confidence up. Like, I need any more freaking boosting. So, <laughs> but yeah, this is it where 
she basically gets to talk him up and, and he's, you know, feeling down and depressed and she's like, Hey, you, you know, you're awesome. And yeah, you know, and it's interesting because he says like, you know, it's, he's mentioned about wanting something a little bit more stable and wanting a little, like to find a job and et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, you know, Oh, go ahead. Well, with, um, what Curtis specific is like, he's, you know, he's depressed because, you know, Rachel's booked the funny girl, Tana got the commercial and everything. And he's seen all of his friends having the success. And he, I think possibly maybe even speaking for, you know, maybe some elements of fandom or some elements of even maybe Chris Colfer saying, you know what, I've been kind of the quirky best friend sidekick for a long time. And, you know, maybe wanting to be mainstream. What he's saying without saying the words is that he's saying, maybe I want to be more of a Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could even, I mean, I, I think he's over this stuff with, with, with the, we'll revisit this later on with the whole, you know, kind of Blaine and Kurt having, you know, kind of issues. Mm-hmm. But at this point, you know, Kurt's thinking, maybe I need to be more of a Katy mm-hmm. and, you know, get more mainstream and, you know, quote unquote. Yeah, but then Rachel says, you know, that's not you. I mean, like, wow. you're very unique and specific, and that's the best part about you. And, you know, he, he says something that oftentimes when you are something like that, it is hard. You know, like, I just sometimes you do just want to fit in and not be, you know, different. Um, but, but she is, mm-hmm. I, I really do appreciate that she's so supportive and gives some good advice. And I don't know. Yeah. And she also points out that Madonna, you know, did was, you know, she, Madonna was quirky. Madonna wasn't mainstream. She was, you know, doing East Village, you know, basement shows. And then she did the Super Bowl. And then after Glee was over, Gaga did the Super Bowl. And Katie did the Super Bowl. They all are doing Super Bowls. <laughs> I want the adult Super Bowl. I wrote in my notes for my meta, it says, or in the language of this episode, that the episode was going for, Kurt's a Gaga trying to be a Katie so he can be successful as his friends because he thinks that they're Katie's, even though they're both Gaga's. But the fact that, that he that he is a Gaga frustrates, frustrates him because he thinks he's too specific an individual and needs to ever have a success in a mainstream way. The Rachel tells him that being a Gaga is awesome, and if he isn't a Gaga for himself, then there's stuff covering and I can't read those words. And... Oh. He's not going to get anywhere, and maybe joining them, the other Gaga's instead of pushing them away isn't such a bad thing. We need to accept that. And I think that's where he gets it wrong, right? Because the, the idea that you have to be mainstream to be successful, and in the sense that in this language they say Katie is mainstream and Gaga is not mainstream, but obviously Gaga is super successful. So that yeah. sort of, yeah, yeah, doesn't really fit, right? Because you don't have to be a KD to be successful, you can be a Gaga. And it's a matter of taste. Like I was saying, like the, like early on in the podcast, you were saying, you know, Katie glues candy to her tits. Gaga glued, glues like chuck roasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so later on in the diner, Kurt takes an intermission because he sees, oh, no, that's where he, um, Elliot's like, hey, you know, this is me. It's, I can be Star Child. I can be Elliot. I can be whoever you want to be, which is an interesting proposition. Um, <laughs> you want me to be <laughs> but anyway we get to see Elliot without the makeup on who is just a sweetheart of a guy I just love him as a character because he's just kind of nice and warm and welcoming and being like hey I just want to hang out with you and be in an indie band and that is why I'm kind of semi-sucking you around apparently um, yeah. and which is not really realistic but okay I mean mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's not like they're not an indie band, really, are they? I mean, they're doing covers of. Yeah, they're stuff. not an indie band. So that's yeah, not, not really band. what you're looking for, but okay. Well, how many? I guess Elliot can play guitar and, and Demi Lovato can play the guitar. Because I'm going to say, like, it's funny to me that Kurt and Santana and Rachel don't really play instruments. Mm-hmm. Really, the only one that plays instruments, no, is because, I mean, Elliot doesn't even play guitar. Well, no way he does. That's. I'm thinking Adam Lambert doesn't play guitar. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. But yeah, I think um, Danny is the only one actually using an instrument at any point during this episode. So yeah. they're going to be an acapella band um, <laughs> doing Madonna covers. I do have a keyboard or person there. Yeah. yeah. They just grab. Yeah. I also had in my notes, and I don't know why I have it next to Kurt Elliott scene, but I was looking at there were like, you know, theatricality parallels. Because one of the things I thought about, I think it may have been something that that Adam said, was how women, you know, for, you know, flashing back to theatricality in season one, you know, for doing Gaga, and yet Shelby is pointing out that, you know, being theatrical is kind of being like a storm that could burst. She does Funny Girl. And uh, so I was thinking, I don't know why I was thinking, I don't even know why I have this written down here. Maybe Probably because it goes along it. with the, um, more so with the Lima side Katie number. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But I'm also maybe thinking about just Adam's look. Yeah. That's, I'm sorry. Um, Elliot's look. Elliot's look, where he's very. I'm not calling him Adam Lambert. Damn for podcast, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at so. least, at least the fictional Adam is out of the picture. We don't have to really confuse it. Yeah. So. But yeah, that's when, and it, you know, just coming to him as a person instead of like an over the top, like a caricature, not that he's really mm-hmm. caricaturist, but um, it, it makes it more relatable. So, you know, Elliot saying, hey, I went to, I'm just go to NYU and I'm just here to have fun and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. This can, you know, he comes to yeah. Kurt as a Katie, I guess. And then Kurt softens and is like, yeah, I would be an idiot. And really, we could use you. And I, I, I what I don't understand about this scene. Yeah. No, go ahead. no, I was gonna say I think that when you were talking about character versus caricature, I think the word you're looking for is persona. Oh yeah, that's a better word. Thank you. Because I think about like Beyonce, like you know, well Beyonce is Beyonce, yeah. but she has had said in the past that when she goes out on stage, she's not Beyonce, she's Sasha Fierce. Oh yeah, that's a better way of putting it. Yes. I think Star Child is his Sasha Fierce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Arby, what don't you understand about this scene? So the thing that I don't understand about this scene is when Kurt gets this shocked, looks like you didn't get into Niata. You're so talented. I'm like, you are so talented and you didn't get into Niata. I don't quite understand and why you're completely aghast at Niata's, you know, admission practices. I think because it's become a joke yeah. that's not a real school. Yeah, Jesse J- St. James didn't get in. Adam Lambert didn't get in. Kurt didn't get in. Um, it's a scam. Lynn gets in, but, <laughs> at, you know. At least Elliot is going to an actual real school that <laughs> confers <laughs> real degrees and helps them get real jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I do like the little cute moment of um, when Santa 
Santana comes by and she's like, hey, you have a fiance, stop flirting. But I don't really yeah. even see flirting in this scene at all. I just, you know, I don't know. There's a good chemistry there, and I totally understand people who ship them, but like, <clears throat> I don't know. It just seems like a nice, great friendship, like, connection. Yeah. Oh, and see, I'm sitting there going, now kiss! Be great! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could go either way. And I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that Elliot is necessarily dressed as a Katie as much as he's dressed as a. Uh, I'd say maybe dressed like a Gaga that's actually going to to like you know Gaga the Gaga that like covered Sound of Music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say the Joanne Gaga, but I was like, eh, probably not. More like you know the Gaga that you know wore wore a lovely gown and sang Julie Andrews at the Oscars. Yeah. And then um, we get the the last scene on New York side is um, they're all trying. I love that they're when they're all trying to come up with names. Oh and, yeah, I love the I love the band names. Uh, Ariola Fifty One. Yeah, gotta get sniped by these nipples Santana is a secret sci-fi geek. I'm just saying. Yeah, that would be. I She's an underground that. sci-fi geek. Um, and then. I love that Kurt's just like no on everything. And she's like, and you're being the no bots and you can't please the queen. Oh, <laughs> Rachel comes in and she is, you know, sad because um, she's been singing funny girl songs all day and singing my man all day. Yeah. Thinking of Phil, so it's sad. And so she randomly pulls out of her butt Pamela Lansbury as a name. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, which which for some reason Kurt thinks is genius. He just, just <laughs> and she's like, no, I was kidding. But let's talk about that for a moment. Go for it. First, this is before we knew Blaine's mom's name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that if going back, get the whole like raw sexual appeal of Pamela Anderson with this quiet dignity of Angela Lansbury. Um, <laughs> but I don't no. think you would normally name a band your band after your mother-in-law. It's just like raw sexuality of my future mother-in-law. <laughs> I don't know. He would have named it after the raw sexuality of his brother. <laughs> I mean, Kurt wanted to climb that like a tree. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but Kurt is gay, 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 diddy, gay, 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 so. Uh True, but, but I, I think that you know, based based on previous experience, we can't uh, we can't discount any of Blaine's family members being <laughs> inspirations for inappropriate band names. I mean, he did he did oh. want to climb Cooper too, so. <laughs> oh yeah, Cooper. He's just got a thing for all those Andersons. <laughs> oh, her name is technically Pamela Anderson. <laughs> Wait, did you just get that? That's literally what we've been talking about for the past five minutes. <laughs> I completely forgot his last name was Anderson. Yeah, you thought her his name was Blaine Warbler. <laughs> I think a my contract needs to be like looked at. I'm just but. In the meantime, though, I'm still like, why did Rachel come up with it? Well, I mean, the writers came up with that. But I'm just trying to think, what, how would Rachel come up with that? And part of me is like, you know that Rachel is thinking far beyond Funny Girl and Evita and knows that if she's going to have a long-lasting career, at some point she's going to be playing Auntie Mame. 
I mean, can you can't you see Rachel is just like life is a banquet and some poor suckers are starving to death. <laughs> yes, definitely. <sighs> so yeah, they get um they get uh Rachel to join the band reluctantly. I mean now let's talk about Rachel's life right here. She, her unfortunately the person the her love of her life just passed away. She is in Funny Girl full-time she is at school full-time she is in the van now part-time and working at a restaurant okay rachel maybe you need a vacation maybe mm-hmm. she's putting in those ten thousand hours that malcolm gladwell <laughs> you have to put in for experience <laughs> yes probably <laughs> but um so yeah so then there's the ending number of roar yeah and this is this is you know before the tiny little Tommy knows his booty shorts, before you know <laughs> the, the before the uh, American Crime Story Versace. It's a good butt, Kev. <laughs> oh, this is when we could start getting a little bit thirsty for Darren. Oh, so. yeah, he's not wearing much in this scene. He's wearing a loincloth. Yeah. <laughs> There were also a lot of like Tarzan Blaine fix that came out. <laughs> really? I don't remember that. That's funny. Oh man, none of those boys were wearing very much of anything, um, except for Artie, who's dressed up as a uh, safari hunter dude. <laughs> what yeah. I really enjoyed this number, but the first thing that popped into my head when I watched it was this would be so uncomfortable if the, these actors actually looked like they were sixteen and seventeen. <laughs> because like think about what actual 16 and 17 year olds look like they don't look like that, that and it is a super uncomfortable number oh, man. Okay. could you imagine doing that as a high school student too? like okay guys we're all gonna wear wearing cloth and bikinis honestly if I was Sue yes I would have suspended them too yeah <laughs> <laughs> Though I do like when they're still in their Gaga costumes and they're doing that weird camera work in the hallway. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, that's another sign that Ian Brennan definitely directed this damn episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the New York side, I love that it's Kurt's band and he he is the one vocal that you can't hear in this song. <laughs> I don't even think his vocals are on there. Yeah, I don't think he's, it is. Uh, he's lip syncing, but it's like background vocals. It is. Like, he's he's too busy um, swinging from the rafters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah, and it's yeah, boy. Oh, and you know, do also point out that later on, um, episode is the episode where it's the end of the New Directions and um, Christian Chenoweth, um, April Rhodes. Yeah, hundred or New Directions. and we're just like, um, they actually point out this specific routine, this specific performance as one of the things that basically put him in debt. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. That's all I could. That's all I can ever think about. Like this whole, whole episode set that costs, like you know, put you put you basically like in the can or in the whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Negative in the red. In the hole. So. Pretty much. All right. Well, we kind of reached the end of the episode. Um, did you guys have anything else in your notes? Uh, let me see. Um, not particularly, but I think you know, you know we kind of. We kind of um, touched on, you know, whether we're Katie's or Gaga's. I mean, I was, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in the beginning of the episode, I was just like, yeah, I'm a Bruno Mars. 
I mean, what are we really? What have we touched on truly? What is a Katie and what is a Gaga? Well, and does I it really matter? think kind of like what Will says at the end of this. It, it doesn't. Yeah, there's no. You are whatever you know. I, you can be a Katie. You can be a Gaga. You can be both. You can be Adele. You can be Bruno Mars. You can be a Darren Chris. It doesn't really matter as long as you are you. Um, so. There we go. Well, I'm a pink. That's beautiful. Oh, that sounds so saccharine when you list it like that. <laughs> I'm always saccharine. I'm a hey. Katie. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm a pink. It's the pink stuff. <laughs> the saccharine is the pink stuff, so. Oh, pinky should be pink. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you better get this body started. RB is uh, a roast beef sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and and yes. Lisa, you can be all of physics. I can be what? You can be all of physics. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, um, I'll wrap this up. Um, I want to thank you guys for coming out and talking about this wonderfully cracky and wonderful Adam Lambert-ish episode. Um, next week, we're gonna go to the continue the continue our crackiness on with the end of twerk. So join us next Sunday for twerking and have a great night. feel so young you make me feel like spring has sprung like the way he's speaking his confidence is peaking